such a joy to be with you here today. My name is Zoe Johnston. I use she, her pronouns, and as a point of visual access, I'm a white woman with shoulder-length blonde hair that is likely a little frizzy and green glasses wearing a floral dress. I have the pleasure of joining you all because I work with your sabbatical minister, Reverend Leonisa, at UU Ministry for Earth. At UUMFE, we seek to be a seedbed for spiritual grounding and education that inspires deep practices of earth care, justice, and flourishing for all. My role at UUMFE is as the network coordinator for the UU Young Adults for Climate Justice. Our network provides a unique space for young adult activists and organizers to be held in community. UU Young Adults for Climate Justice recognizes the intersection of faith and politics, working to support, resource, and empower young adults in their climate justice work. So from myself and UUMFE, we wish you a very happy Earth Day. Now that it's mid-April, all of the flowers are blooming. Where I live in Philadelphia, the cherry blossoms, the red buds, and the pink magnolias are flowering. There are hyacinths emerging from the ground. The forsythia bushes are full with their yellow buds, and there are tulips of every color with their faces turned to the sun. All of these flowers seem to be shouting jubilantly, spring is here, it is here. They are symbols of the season and remind me of how in love I am with this earth. For me, daffodils are especially representative of returning cycles. My birthday is in mid-March and since I was born in Colorado, my parents frequently tell the story of how there was snow on the ground when they left for the hospital, but they, when they returned with a baby Zoe in tow, there were daffodils starting to bloom in their front yard. I've come to associate the reappearance of daffodils with my own growing up, and they signal to me that it's time to reflect on the year behind me and begin again. The life cycle of daffodils remind me of the ways that I transform every year, taking the lessons learned throughout the winter, the nutrients fed into my soil to continue becoming myself. I think this personal attachment to daffodils is why it was so upsetting to me that they bloomed so early this year in Philadelphia. When they started poking their heads out of the soil in February, I crossed my fingers, I did, that it would take weeks before we saw the warm blanket of yellow. And when against my wishes they started blooming, I felt a pit in my stomach, a grief that I couldn't quite yet explain. According to the local arboretum, the daffodils were about three weeks early due to an unusually warm winter. The soil had already reached the temperature needed for blooming. The earth told them that it was time, even if nobody else was ready for them. Now the daffodils have, have completed their life cycle, having dried in the hot sun and fallen to the ground to become nutrients for their companions. 
We often see the impact of climate change and the proliferation of hurricanes, fires, and floods, or the erosion of our coastline. But one of the less visible consequences of climate change is that our temporal cues are off. We are attuned to the natural world in subconscious ways. Even as people living in a city, we know when things are meant to be growing in our areas, when to expect things to be around, and when they are not. So my grief wasn't just because the early daffodil blooms were out of sync with my birthday. There was definitely some of that. It was a morning that our world has changed so drastically in the two decades I've been alive. It was a morning that winters aren't as cold, growing seasons aren't as long, summers are too hot, and disasters are too frequent. I grieved for the loss of my own understanding of my place in the world and the cycles I had come to know. Yet our world has changed time and time again in ways that were shaped by the natural turning of the earth and in ways that were shaped by the hand of colonization and capitalism. I am grieving the loss of the world that I have always known, but I'm also recognizing that there is grief for the world as it once was, far before any of our births. Many of the flowers that we associate with spring, that we tie our temporal cues to, are not native to Turtle Island. They were brought over by the European settlers who violently stole this land. In addition to the genocide of indigenous people, the extinction of language, and the assimilation of culture, settlers chose to prove their so-called ownership on the land itself. Daffodils, dandelions, and tulips were brought to the New World as early as the 1600s with forsythia following in the 1800s, and cherry blossoms arriving as a gift from Japan in the 1900s. I'm struck by the ways that all of these beautiful colonial flowers hold a story with an undertone of grief for the ancestral ways of knowing that were lost and the stewardship of the land that was obstructed. Grief for how the world has changed is not new. The land that I reside on belongs to the Lene Lenape. Long before Philadelphia, there was a community bounded by the rivers of the Lenape Wahutuk and the Genoshawana, now the colonially named Delaware and Schuylkill, respectively. It was the asters, the anise hyssops, and the dogwood trees that heralded the beginning of spring. So maybe the flowers know my same grief. Maybe the native flowers feel like they have lost their role as the symbols of spring, hidden behind the more recognizable blooms. Maybe they are astonished at how the ecosystem changes each time they reemerge. Or maybe all of the non-native flowers grieve how far they are from home, feeling the ways that they were transplanted and made to assimilate into new ecosystems. There is grief associated with each of these separate journeys. And yet all of these flowers continue to grow year after year after year for centuries at this point, centuries. 
Many of the imported flowers are considered neutral, non-invasive species, having become so naturalized to this environment that they grow in harmony with the rest of the flora, causing no disruptions to establish biodiversity. Robin Wall Kimmerer tells us that being naturalized to a place means to live as if this is the land that feeds you, as if these are the streams from which you drink, that build your body and fill your spirit. To become naturalized is to live as if your children's future matters, to take care of the land as if our lives and the lives of all of our relatives depend on it, because they do. The flowers already know this responsibility. Many of them have found ways to integrate in ways that are beneficial rather than harmful to their ecosystems. The ubiquitous dandelion, originally native to the Eurasian continent, now helps to loosen hard-packed soil, aerate the earth, and reduce erosion with their roots. <clears throat> and cherry blossoms, they provide food and shelter for birds, joining the dogwood trees and the pink magnolias that were rooted on this land when it was tended to by the Linnae Lenape to create a pattern of pink that peeks through the foliage. There is beauty in our ecosystem solidarity with each other. The lesson that I learned from spring flowers this year is that even where there is grief, there is growth. The flowers continue to bloom despite the earlier time, despite being planted in soil far from their homeland, despite the entire world changing around them. I think about myself and all of us. How do we continue to grow amidst our grief? How do we integrate our grief so that it doesn't harm others or prevent us from blooming? As we grapple with the magnitude of climate change and the overwhelming feelings that accompany it, I feel the most at ease when I mirror the practices of the earth itself. Our wider ecosystem is struggling. The messages of hate and fear and violence create an environment that is hostile to the thriving of all beings. The escalated impact of natural disasters keeps us from leaning into stability and ease. And our history is marred with stories of enslavement, genocide, manifest destiny, and man-made borders. But if we were to think of ourselves as spring flowers, I think we can return to a place of care and commitment to grow amidst our grief. If we were flowers, our soil would comprise the everyday ways that we survive. It would be the food shared with friends, the songs that make us want to sing along, the warmth of a hug. Our water would be the knowledge gained from our own lived experiences, the lessons we learn from those around us, the wisdom left by our ancestors. Our sunshine is everything that tends to our holiness, the spiritual practices that shine a light onto the most divine part of ourselves, or the church services that hold us in beloved community. And we tend to each other, each of us playing both the flower and the gardener in an ongoing space of reciprocity. If we got to choose, 
This might not be the place or the time we would plant ourselves in. We might choose to unburden ourselves of our grief and return to a time when the flowers bloomed when we expected them to. Or we may travel so far back that flowers didn't move across oceans on ships. Their only movement was the blowing of seeds across the wind. Maybe we would go into the future just to satisfy our need to know what comes next, to answer this unknown. But when I start to feel like I'm not in the right time or place, I return to the prophetic words of Dolly Parton. In her song, Wildflowers, she sings, when a flower grows wild, it can always survive. Wildflowers don't care where they grow. Despite this moment we find ourselves in, we will keep growing. We don't care that we are surrounded by a hostile environment. We will nourish the soil and revel in the water and reach for the sun and for each other. And in that stubborn commitment to keep growing, we will survive. Do not fall under the weight of your grief. Even when the world has changed before your very eyes, even when the seasons feel off, even when the daffodils arrive early. The flowers have always known the pain of grief and still they reemerge year after year after year. Instead, I encourage you to sit with your grief, to feel the ocean of it in your body, to release it as a river of tears, slowly becoming the water that we need to grow. We will continue to bloom, finding soil, water, sunshine, wherever we can. Beloveds, regardless of when the seasons turned this year, may we be like spring flowers. May we feel rooted in this land we have found ourselves on, however we arrived here. May we find radically supportive roles to play in ever-changing ecosystems. May we find strength in each other. For it is only when all of the flowers have bloomed that the land feels transformed. And may we grow amidst the grief, because we know that the only way towards our liberated future is through. Thank you. Mm -hmm.